to the Skeptic Wire. Nineteenth of March, two thousand fourteen, uh, episode one fifty four of the Skeptic Wire. I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me this week are Greg Perrine. Not tonight, sweetie. I have a headache. And Donna Swafford. Yeah, I've heard that one before. It doesn't work. <laughs> but I really do have a headache this time. So yeah, do I. Well, so well, shut there's, up. There's a couple of Republican spokespeople that think that regardless of whether you have a headache or not, you should <laughs> damn well submit. Well, only if you're a woman. Only if you're a woman, of course. Yeah. Well, that yeah, goes you... without saying. <laughs> wow, really? Well, 20 seconds in. <laughs> Can, that's a new record for you, Gary. <laughs> 20 seconds in, and you're already getting the evil side-eye from Donna. No, why, why am I? I'm just saying that it's obvious that the staunch Republican is going to be a misogynistic uh, Christian, hold, hold them to the Bible and the vows bastard. Most of the time, yes. So how is that me saying that goes the without saying? The way you said it. <laughs> it sounded more like it was coming through from your voice. Oh, I see. I assure you it wasn't. Your voice sounds a lot like a staunch Republican. So. Oh, well, this is... Really? I think I should probably be talking like <laughs> this then. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Uh, I believe we have uh, jet lag, hangover from vacation, and painkiller episode. Is what this one is. So we're recreating the Christmas episode from the first year we did it. Ah, uh, sure. Got it. With probably a little less research. If anybody wants any scotch or Guinness, I got it. I know you don't drink, but yes. But just to, just to add a little bit more depressant to the proceedings. I'm just out of it because I've spent two weeks doing Uncle Gerg stuff with changing diapers and doing potty training. So. Basically, two weeks full of shit. You'd think at 30-plus uh, years, you'd already be potty trained. No, not me. Ah. <laughs> the, the, the nephews are not potty training me. It's the other way around. Uh-huh. From the, you know, from the mouth of babes or something like that, I believe, is... Uh, maybe they're, maybe they're going to teach you how to do it right. Maybe there has been a, a, a leap in, in uh, poopy technology. <laughs> we, I think we talked about that a couple episodes back about how you should properly sit. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. The important thing is just getting him sitting on the potty. So yeah, yeah, you're not just flinging him into a tub or something and going go somewhere in the vicinity of the bathroom. No, we're we're not using a litter <laughs> box for my nephews. No, I think that'd actually be probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, well, if if you want to uh, raise them as uh, social deviants and and what's the, what's the word uh, a feral, feral no, feral not so children. much, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I guess that brings us up on everybody's week. Uh, this week has been pretty much the same as the last week's. Uh, Greg has been on vacation, learning how to poo. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been recovering from surgery, learning how to poo, and <laughs> Donna has been traveling, learning how to poo on the road. <laughs> Not on the road. <laughs> that would be a whole entirely different trip. <laughs> right. She didn't go to that. Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't on tour both. following the dead or anything. It was just... <laughs> FYI, 
I hate you both. <laughs> what did I do? You're encouraging him. <laughs> okay, point taken. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we uh, we've had some pretty good news. Oh wait, do we have a birthday before yes. we start? <laughs> Yes, we have a hastily researched birthday. Yay! Yay! Steve Novella. <laughs> uh, no. I have no idea. <laughs> Just picking one out of the thin yeah, air, are sure. you? Okay. Um, this person is an author, was born March 19th, 1950. Apparently, his first book that was self-published in 1992 is one of the more successful self-published books that's out there. And um, eventually got bought by big companies, and he's done a couple sequels to it. And Douglas um, Adams, pardon? Douglas Adams? No, he, no. Was, he was born in the forties. Never mind. No, it's 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 a it's a fiction book, but it's a woo woo book, and oh. it was turned into a movie at some point. I'm trying to figure out at what point it was. Uh, oh, um, uh, the movie was released in 2006. Uh, yeah, is it, uh, uh, oh, damn, uh, Dianetics, the guy did Dianetics? No, it's no. not L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Heinlein? It, no, he was earlier than that. The book is a lot of kind of mystical stuff, kind of combining kind of psychological ideas because he was a practicing psychologist or psych or psychotherapist or something along those lines, but also brought in a lot of Eastern philosophy and spirituality and stuff into this book. And the main character goes through various experiences, learning new things. Michael Shermer. No. 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 <laughs> I can tell you the name of the book, but I can't tell you the what name of the What is the guy. name of the book? Celestine Prophecy. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Redfield. Yeah. Yes. James Redfield. James Redfield. Donna, you are undoubtedly the queen of the podcast. No, I just have a head full of useless crap. Okay? <laughs> it's how I got on two game shows. Well, maybe that new fancy watch of yours is just beaming information directly into your nervous system or something. Yeah, through the wrist. There are nerves there. I know. Yeah, okay. I'm agreeing with oh, you. Oh, I thought you were disagreeing with me. I thought you were being, like, sarcastic. I was being sarcastic, I'm but sorry. I was agreeing with you. I'm sorry, I have a headache. <laughs> That's going to be my excuse the entire fucking show. Okay, would you like a shot of scotch? <laughs> I wasn't gone that long, Gary. I haven't changed that much. Apparently, apparently the nephews did not drive you to drink. <laughs> no, not so much. No. Sometimes my family a little, but... <laughs> <laughs> but mainly milk and orange juice and <laughs> Cokes. <laughs> that sort of thing, yes. Okay. So yeah, um, he wrote this big spirituality book, and it spent something like three years on the New York Times bestseller list, and like I said, was made into a movie. He's made some sequels. When you said yeah. made into a movie, that was kind of my... I, I knew that was going to give you some help. <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize that that was made into a movie. I've actually read that. Oh. How was it? Eh, it was okay. I mean, <laughs> looking back at it now, I, I, I mean, it's crap, but... At the time, you know, before I was like a really into the super skeptical portion, uh, I was like, oh, okay, it, it made more sense than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a it's a movie. It's got um, Hector Elizondo and Annabeth Gish in it. Okay, Gish, Gish. Does she gallop? I don't know. She might hmm. on a horse. Exactly. Apparently, it got a four percent. Rating on Rotten Tomatoes 
That actually takes talent. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's that's all I got on that hastily researched birthday, that it was kind of a woo-woo book, and um, probably has... Yeah, it, it's, it's a new-agey type of yeah. crystal, uh, all of our lives intersect, uh, and we have past lives and future very, lives. Very human potential movement yeah. kind of stuff. The character apparently learns these nine great truths or something like that. Right, or... which are expanded upon in the in the sequels. I think the big thing is God is found everywhere under the rocks and all that. I think that's the big revelation in that book. Unless oh. So basically the same book. revelation is every other sort of stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Even it... stigmata, they, they, they <laughs> right. use that. Exactly. The situation of God being everywhere reminds me of Jerry DeWitt's sequence of becoming an atheist or from a Christian to fully believing that God is there and hell and exists and then saying that hell doesn't exist and God is kind of, you know, out of the universe and then, you know, God is everywhere. You know, there were stages he said and that he went through to become sure. an atheist. Sure. And I think I probably went through a, a similar type of process because yeah. I knew that the, the Bible wasn't really anything. And so, you know, uh, it's kind of like that meme that's sort of going around where it shows where you are on the Earth and it shows where the Earth is in the solar system, <laughs> in the Milky Way, and in the galaxy, and then in the universe. And then it has like this big Jesus standing over the entire universe saying, don't masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> anyway, I realized that that was a fairly ridiculous notion <laughs> early on. But yeah, I did the same thing. The, where you, the you, scale of the universe thing or Jesus telling you not to masturbate thing or both? It, 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 both. Okay. Right. But it's kind of like where you go to the point where, well, you know, maybe there is human potential. And if you could just tap into it, you know, well, you, you, have, you have Star Wars with, you know, the grabbing of the lightsaber from a distance kind of thing. Right. Like, Ooh, maybe I have, I have psi powers. No. No, I don't have side powers. Yeah, we've all sexy. we've all yeah. tried to grab the lightsaber exactly. across the room, <laughs> exactly. and that's not a metaphor for something sexy. <laughs> exactly. Really, I I doubt you on that. Come on, you haven't like looked at a soda bottle on a table and said, "I'm going to try to get that into my hand." Instead, my star reference is this at people. Oh, yeah, choking from a distance. The force choke. Is that how you make it look like a boating accident? That you make I them drown on their I own lungs. I can't. I, yeah. I can't reveal that. I'm, I'm <laughs> pleading the Fifth Amendment right now. Yeah, she actually drops a boat on people. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey! It worked for uh, Coyote and Roadrunners. So. Did he ever drop a boat on Probably. himself? Yeah, I believe he, he may have. It's usually I, an anvil. But anvil I believe or explosives or a or painted a rocket, wall yeah. or something. Or rockets, yes. Yeah, I think at one time there was a boat. but It's kind of hard to have boat-based humor in the middle of a desert, though. Ah, that's a good point. That's why I was I wondering. But, yeah. but I think we've gone a little off topic. Right. So, <laughs> Celestine Pro uh, Prophecy. Kind of a crap book. Yeah. James Easy Redfield, 1950. And um, as far as I know, he's still alive. So he's lived a long, successful life, or semi-successful. Yeah, I mean, in, a, in a niche kind of way. Only in his not niche, but a niche kind of way. Niche. Yes, yes. Only in his mid sixties, so probably yeah. still alive. So, speaking of crap stuff, um, apparently the uh, Red Redman, what's his name? Redfield. Redfield. Uh, he's not trying to like sell crap through television, but we did learn that this week uh, Kevin Trudeau has been sentenced to ten years in prison. Yeah. 
So I'm finally. sure he's going to make somebody a lovely little wife. Yeah, and my guess he'll probably make a lot of money while he's in prison because people still believe that crap. Yeah, and he'll write a book while he's in there. Absolutely, he's he's good at um, <laughs> turning turning bad things into good for himself. The the secrets <laughs> of turning a, a soap into a shiv that they don't want you to know. That's right. <laughs> and in fact, uh, they don't want you to know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from what I remember, he was originally brought back into court because he wasn't paying a, basically a judgment against him that right. he. He, he was kept, moving money around and he wasn't paying. Stuff yeah, he like kept that. on. Yeah, he he was pulling out the the minimum amount of money, kind of like some preachers recently. <laughs> uh, so before it gets tracked, you know, before it has to be reported, and then he was moving that in the offshore accounts and the different accounts, and then he was telling the the judge, "I don't have any money. I'm going broke. I had to sell my five houses." Or right. Or so whatever. Is, whatever, is this blah 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 blah? Yeah. I I didn't read up all on this because you know Uncle Greg duty and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, is it basically just a contempt car- charge? Pretty much. Or, or, oh, so it's the same thing. It's not basically you tried to sell snake oil to people and we're going to throw you in jail because well, of that. Well, this is, yeah. this is, yeah. So this is in response to his non-response to the original ruling. Right. He was, given, he, was, he was given an opportunity to make good and he decided that he's better than that. Wasn't make good financially. Plus, I think he's still running his infomercials or trying to or something like that. Yeah, I don't really know. Does that watch TV or, or anything? <laughs> anyway, he's he's being uh, put in jail for the next 10 years. We'll see if it's actually 10 years or if it gets that time out for good behavior. Well, I'm sure he has to serve at least a couple of those years. Might. Probably. Yeah. Which maybe. I mean, it's probably not going to be that much of a deterrent to him, but maybe people will think twice about him and his practices from now on. Maybe? Probably not. Probably not. Unfortunately, once you're established, you're established and people will believe. I mean, it's just like the the bakers, you know, who had the big sex scandal and they went right back on. Popped right up again. Or or, or, or Peter Popoff. Peter Popoff. Thank you. You know, they get disgraced and they just come back. Same message, but uh, more legally said. Yeah. So, no, I don't I don't think it's going to make a single bit of difference because he found easy money. Yep. And peop- and, and the, the core audience, we're not going to be able to change their mind. Right. And that's, and that's the kind of the thing. I mean, once you find – like if you can find 10,000 people who are willing to give you $10 a month. That's yeah, like that's $500. If, right. Well, or, or $10 a year. You know, that's $100,000 a year, right? Yeah. So that's all you need. And there's 7 billion people on the planet. <laughs> and so he has at least 10,000 people who are willing to give him $10 a year. So, yeah. So if we could get 10,000 listeners who'd give us $10 a year. Well, maybe this jail term for Trudeau might mean that may, his supporters may still buy from him, but maybe companies would be less likely to work with him now. Sure. Media companies, book companies, something like that. He's damaged goods, at least yeah, on that side. Yeah, but you know what? The media loves a good redemption story. He's going to come out and he's going to be all like, oh, look, I did my time in jail. Da, 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 da. I'm a change man. Tell you how I found hard Jesus. Right, exactly. From what I understand, he was asking for leniency in the sentencing because he felt that the little bit of jail time that he's done already... 
has led him to be a better person. There was something about he had an, an awakening and it was sure, but, you know, the, he, but it took away is, his ego and it's yeah. But I mean, if you're not complying with the original court order, you can say all you want. Yeah. But actions sometimes lighter than words. Quite, quite a bit. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to punch you in the face, Gary. Hmm. It's a good thing um, you're too tired to stand up, and yes. I'm way across the room. <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to take a quick time out because there's a light right behind your head that I need to turn off. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. Wait, you don't like you don't like my halo? <laughs> it's not it's not halo because it's not it's just off your. It's my halo. <laughs> <laughs> I warned him. I warned him that your your pain medication has made you a little grumpy at times. Wow. Oh, I'm God. a bipolar. Hi, how you doing? Great to be here. <laughs> I'm scared to go on. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm pleased with myself for that one. <laughs> We're supposed to leave the surprise factor. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, fine, you have a halo. Unfortunately, I'm moving so slow, I couldn't turn around and look angry at you when I did that. I just yelled it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but that's light off, but the light above your head is still on, so you still have light shining off oh, the top that's of your... Good. yeah. yeah. My, my freshly shorn cranium. Yes, your chrome. Yeah. So it's weird to me that Trudeau will go to jail for bilking the public, but someone like Phelps, the Westboro Baptist Church... Don't even get a slap on the wrist for being assholes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The Westboro Baptist Church—they're assholes, but they're not doing anything. They're well within their rights. So it's, yeah, and, and I understand it's not that. illegal. Yeah, I and I, I, I get that. And as atheists, we don't even get to say, "Well, he'll go to hell because he's an asshole." Yeah. No, the only sad part about the what looks like the almost certain demise. In well, the they're, near they're, they're, he's certainly going to die at some point in the near future. Oh, he's he's sick, isn't he? Apparently, he is in and out of consciousness, and well, so is Gary, but he's on medication. <laughs> but um, bump, <laughs> and has been having health problems for quite a while. Is that the grandkids and the kids of his that have been that have left? Nate Nathan Phelps. Phelps yeah who we met at Reason Rally and the American Atheist Conference, truly just one of the most gentle human beings ever. I mean, I had the privilege of talking to him for like two hours after re or right before Reason Rally. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to get that closure because apparently the family, even though he's been excommunicated from the church and Fred Phelps has been excommunicated from the church, the church is basically hold him up in some hospice, hospice somewhere. Yeah. I guess the the mother doesn't want them to come and see him. It seems to me that even though the church, which appears to have excommunicated, whatever his name is, Phelps is. Fred Phelps. Fred, thank you. They can't really stop anybody from visiting him as far as ex-family members or family members who have left the church. Mm -hmm. So you would think that... One of the reasons that he may have been excommunicated was that he was asking them to be nicer to each other. Yeah, that it is <laughs> what it appears has. So you would think that having said that, and so his wife is now, Shirley Phelps is now 
kicked out of the church, or at least she's not in control of the church, which makes sense because they're a misogynistic organization. The Phelps board is an all-male board of elders, which includes hold on let me get these names correct at least at least one of the phelps's sons is um is on that board stephen drain timothy phelps jonathan phelps samuel phelps roper charles hockenbarger and fred phelps jr so there's oh, okay. still several phelps and phelps yeah. Roper. most of the westboro baptist church is mostly the family sure Absolutely. Right. From what has been kind of talked about is that Margie Jean Phelps and Shirley Phelps Roper, who you've always seen as being the ones out there doing like the spokesmanship and and everything else, they're kind of being pushed away as well. They're kind of... From the church entirely or just not being allowed to lead? Not being allowed to lead and... Which, of course, again, being a misogynistic institution, that's <laughs> what they would do. But it's, yeah, it's kind of sad that it appears that they're trying, they're not going to allow any of those who have left the church to come back and give their regards. Which, on the other hand, I they may want to because they did not treat their children well. <laughs> who left. On the other hand, they hadn't treat the children who stayed very well either by indoctrinating them with hatred. Right. But you, yeah, as, as it, it just sucks that these philosophical and religious differences means that some of the family may not get to get closure, even though they don't agree with their dad and they've probably had fights with the dad and that has led to being distanced and all that kind of thing from the family and the father. They're just not going to be able to have that closure of, yeah. well, I you know I there's still love there probably. Apparently, so. four of the felt of four of Fred and Margie Marie Phelps' children of the thirteen have left the church. Thirteen kids, holy crap! And then twenty of the couple's grandchildren have also left. Yeah, there's a nice write up on uh, the Topeka Capital Journal that said basically. Um, the excommunication occurred after the formation of a board of male elders in the church. The board defeated Shirley Phelps Roper, the church's longtime spokeswoman in a power struggle, and Fred Phelps Sr. had called for kinder treatment of fellow church members. <laughs> fellow church members. So, so it, pe- it appears that they were having some pretty bad internal fighting going on. Yeah. And so they excommunicated, they excommunicated the one Jesus amongst them. <laughs> this is going to weird. That's amazing. This is going to turn into a weird situation. We're going to have like Westboro Baptist Church Reformed, East. Westboro East. Baptist Church Orthodox, and you know the first Westboro Baptist. Church. Yeah, exactly. It's it's going to segment into multiple, so they're going to have competing protests. So you're going to have these kind of. The one version of the Westboro Baptist Church is going to go and protest a gay soldier's funeral or something like that. But the other one is going to protest them protesting. And then a third group is going to protest the protest of the That'll protest. That would be great. This will make for a lot of... Um, Entertainment? <laughs> yes. And I hope they make not a penny out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it just may mean that the college groups or Comic-Con groups that go out and like surround them with a body of people so they can't be seen or whatever... Right. That they won't have to bother because it will just be a 
concentric circles of Westboro Baptist churches. <laughs> Protesting each other, being mad at each other. <laughs> awesome. And then well, critical mass and black hole. Well, the funny story, funny story that I ever heard about the Westboro Baptist Church was when Kevin Smith got to do Red State, they were all like, we're going to protest Red State. And he was like, yeah, like, we didn't see that one coming. And he'd actually stood outside with the protesters for a little mm-hmm. bit. People were like, aren't you Kevin Smith? And he's like, no, that fat ass is inside. <laughs> but apparently when he talked to like Shirley Phelps Roper, he was like, yeah, we, we have five tickets waiting for you to come and view the movie. And she would like call him back going, can we have seven? Yep. Can we have mm-hmm. nine? You know? <laughs> From what I understand, they actually went in for at least a little while to yeah. watch some of it, but I think they left not even halfway through or something well, like that. Well, you know, they had some witches to burn and... Yeah. All right. So, unfortunately, uh, for the Phelpses, um, their oligarch <laughs> is passing away. Yeah. The only, like, my only concern is Patriarch. for Nate. I wish that he could get the closure that he wants but since that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. what can you do move on to another topic i guess yes, indeed yeah we spent uh, more time than we because we can't we exactly to. say that he's lived a rich and full life because he's, well he has read uh, he's a twat so well yeah but he's lived a rich and full life just just a douchey one yeah <laughs> he's done he's done quite a bit there's been a lot that's come out this past week, all on a couple of different topics. So let's see which which ones. We want to talk about the Malaysian plane. We want to talk about vaccines, lots of stuff on vaccines and or people dealing with vaccines, rather. Or we can talk about um, uh, more religion. <laughs> well, my two weeks away on this vacation, one of the few news stories I've actually been able to kind of track is this whole missing plane thing. And I'm sure most people know the general details, which is probably more than I know right now, which is essentially, was it March 8th, this plane took off from Malaysia Airlines, was heading towards Beijing, I think. From Kuala Lumpur. Yes. To Beijing. Yes. And somewhere early in the flight, the transponders went offline and radar eventually, like maybe a couple days later when they analyzed the radar, they found that the plane had turned. Yeah, it appears that it took a sharp left turn at Albuquerque, basically, <laughs> and, and has disappeared. Yes. So the the question is, where is it now? Why did it go off transponder? Why did it take that turn? No, here is... And there's a lot of... I, it was just even in ch- checking Facebook in between playing with one nephew and getting another one's diaper changed and whatever, that kind of thing, is there's just a lot of ideas with no proof behind them whatsoever well which it always happens right <laughs> which is explains why it's gone so far as for yuri geller to get involved <laughs> right well here's here's my my big question it obviously there is probably a a parsimonious logical answer to this question yet i've never found it yes okay, so, this is my natural hair color is that your question no okay so you have this plane and they manually turned off the transponders. Probably, yes. Okay. Somebody did. Because apparently you there was a, a rather complicated set of like instructions to turn them off. One would think that they would actually have like 
like almost like a secret set of transponders or something that you can't physically turn off to, you know, I don't know, keep track of planes in case of, say, acts of terrorism or something. So your point of view on this is the meme that's been going around of the NSA can track my phone everywhere, but somehow we can't find this plane. It It's the same shit as the, you know, the mad cow disease. They can fucking find one goddamn sick cow out of how many millions of them. Yet it took us how long to find Osama bin Laden? Really? <laughs> well, in this case, from what I've read of accounts of ideas that are actually couched in the realm of possibility and someone who is actually asked a pilot about the situation is one idea is there may have been an electrical problem or a fire right. on board, which would have caused them to pull all the breakers on all the, almost all the electrical systems, I guess, except for like the autopilot or something, which would have mean that one of those breakers would have been the transponder. So yeah. it wasn't as involved as a procedure. I mean, normally, yes, you would probably have to go through s lots of manual checks to turn it off, like with a switch. But right. to pull it's, it's the breaker, like, it's right. off. It's, it's not like Apollo 13, <laughs> <laughs> where everything was kind of hardwired. You know, they can actually turn stuff off because it's mainly yeah. fly-by-wire and this stuff. So it's not as difficult as the Apollo 13 is. Well, first of all, <laughs> they're not flying to the moon. They're just flying yeah. across the ocean. And that was a guy named Chris Goodfellow who who wrote that idea. And it's it's the most basic of ideas. Uh, it's it's the Occam's razor of ideas going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. And it does make sense that the the one thing that the uh, follow up that I've read is that so the procedurals for a cockpit fire, turning off the transponders isn't one of those. Hmm. And so it may be that the transponder circuits are maybe not near that, so you'd actually have to physically go and do that, which makes sense to yeah. me, the important stuff you have in different areas. That's the problem. I don't know enough about planes and procedure but, to guess about it, but there's everybody's guessing. Right, but the other thing is that in the case of a fire, you would think that they would notify someone <laughs> that there was a fire and that this is what they're doing, because that only takes a couple of seconds. Yeah, because the, the article saying, oh, maybe they pulled all the breakers and turned everything off just so they would turn things one on one by one to find out where the electrical problem was. Right. Basically, what they were saying was your first problem, first, your order of operations in an emergency like that is to fly the plane, fix the plane, and then third, try to communicate. Right. But you could, like you said, you could just send a message, SOS, we got a fire up here, we're turning off everything. Right. Click. And then, you know, right. and you, turning to the nearest base from where we're at. Yeah, that's which, that's kind which of is, which is the other thing is instead of one eightying and going back to where they were going, uh, Chris Goodfellow thought that at the time that things went awry from the data, it looks like they were f closer to another base yeah. that was that had a long enough field for them to land on, and so that's where they were headed. But then something happened; they overshot. Be, and they kind of flew then and, and ran out of... The hypothesis being that whatever problem or fire or whatever maybe overcame the pilots. Right. So they just could not land it and it just kept going and either eventually ran out of fuel or the plane broke up or sure. both. Okay, so I have a friend on Facebook who is an actual pilot with one of the major airlines. Right. And this is 
what he said, and I, I just looked it up, and he says, despite what this Chris Goodfellow says, and that he has a Canadian Class 1 pilot rating of multi-engine airplanes, he is not an airline pilot. Right. His lack of understanding of airline operations, the CRM, and the specifics of flying transport category swept wing jets as part of an airline crew causes his interesting theory to make us, as airline pilots, roll our eyes and shake our heads. <laughs> Everything he talks about shows that his experience of 20 years is completely with small, light utility and smaller <laughs> aircraft. I can thank him for his willingness to spare the flight crew from false scrutiny, and I appreciate his want to point to other possibilities and theories of what happened, but we can do without the misinformation as it does nothing but muddle the skies, which the uninitiated seem to find so confusing and frightening. Right. Yeah, so it sounds like the procedure that he was talking about is a little bit bullshit, but at least it's centering more on the idea of, well, what would physically be possible? What's what's the simplest idea of what could happen? They took a turn to get to a, another landing field, which may still be true, but all the other reasons for the transponder thing may be completely erroneous and something else, where at the same time you've got basically, I, there was something on NPR this morning about investigators going to the pilot's house and finding out that data had been deleted from his flight simulator or something of the pilot and that being suspicious it's like whoa whoa you're jumping to conclusions way too fast i mean in the first couple of hours you could think maybe terrorism or a hijacking or something but the plane hasn't landed anywhere and no one's claiming Get these 200 people back, give us $200 million or something like that. Right. Yeah, At least well, it's simple answers, even if it's maybe yeah, crap. And, well, a hijacking actually is another fairly Occam's razor kind of answer. If, yeah. If, In the if first you, day or two, yeah. Well, no, even now, it's still, it's still a possibility that, they, mm -hmm. that that plane was hijacked and that they've landed at a field that no one knows about. And that they're doing whatever to the plane. Maybe they're going to use it for, for, for whatever reason. Right. I mean, it could be used for terrorism, of course. It could be used for drug running. There's, there's all kinds of things that that a plane can be used for. True. Uh, you can't jump to the conclusion. But, I mean, because you can train on the 777 and learn how to do it and then take over the crew and then do whatever you want with the plane. Mm -hmm. It's probably less likely than the fire or anything. But, <laughs> I mean, in today's atmosphere, it's, it's certainly, uh, certainly a problem. But what isn't probable is... Uh, aliens or it uh, <laughs> or, transporting I, to the moon. I think the daily, the sun or something had a picture of it. On or the moon. some new Bermuda triangle kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I like the one that I posted where it was right behind the guys from Gilligan's think, Island. It, sure. It could have landed on Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Found it. Yep. <laughs> could be a guy trying to, you know, who's obsessed with lost. <laughs> but what's well, weird is I, I, I'm pretty sure this is true, even though it's, it's the Onion, but it's the Onion's AV Club kind of sister site or whatever. Right. They posted something about Courtney Love from, you know, of Kurt Cobain, Wife Venus. L7 fame? Yeah, sure. Her band Hole or something Hole. like that. Oh, that's why it's Hole. It's not L7. It tweeted a picture out of basically a satellite pick, satellite grab of ocean in the area where she thought there was an oil slick and a plane and it was very kind of anomaly hunting of a picture 
but apparently the picture itself is from March 12th, and the plane went down on March 8th. So there wouldn't be much of a concentrated oil slick or plane left. It would have sunk. So it it is bringing a lot of weirdos out of the woodwork. Like I said earlier, Uri Geller has said he's been contacted by, what was it, a significant substantial figure to find by remote viewing. I thought he gave up the psychic stuff. I thought so, too. Apparently not. But, (laughs) I mean, he's a guy who will take any publicity. Yeah, okay. So, but uh, the thing about the Courtney Love thing is... She's looking near the islands where it's supposed that they would have been going towards at their last known um, trajectory. Trajectory, thank yeah. you. And so you're right. She's definitely anomaly hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but at least in, in her case, it's semi – or at least at the time, it was semi-plausible. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more rational than it got gravitationally sucked to the moon for no apparent reason. It's right. Or- Aquaman finally got pissed off at being the runt of the super friends and took it out on this plane or something. Right. Know. So it's it's one of those uh, interesting unsolved mysteries right now. Mm-hmm. Although today I heard that, and I didn't realize this, that Glenn Miller, the, um, the, of the orchestra band leader. Yeah. Oh, okay. He famously was lost uh, in, a, in a plane during World War II. And one of the theories is that he was going from Britain to France, and as he was flying in, a bombing run was canceled and was coming back after having been canceled. And so, since they can't land with their bombs, they were dropping their bombs into the uh, the into the channel. And the theory is that maybe their plane, Glenn Miller's plane, got hit by one of these bombs possible uh, because yeah. he you know that that's what the theory another theory is that he landed in france and died in a brothel and they covered it up but <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so there's there are you know precedents well and of yeah. course there's amelia Earhart yeah. and and a whole bunch of other things at, at but least, it's just so weird now because yeah. of the modern technology we expect that we're in contact 100 percent of the time which of course isn't actually Right, and you know what, and I understand that, but in the case of like something like terrorism, we've done such a good job of being able to protect the black box and provide electricity or energy to the black box until basically it has completely crashed and destroyed. We've worked so hard with that. Why aren't we doing the same thing for like transponders since we have this vast array of of radars and everything else. Yeah. It wouldn't be that difficult to set something like that up so that this doesn't happen necessarily in the future. Because yeah. I imagine this is now going to cause like the shoe bomber effect <laughs> of how things are changed with airlines. Sure. It will it also make a little bit more sense to maybe put up a couple of, or uh, put a couple of um satellites that you can constantly track the planes because right now there isn't a single system that does that right you know they're basically bouncing off of communications satellites or i think primarily stations they're handed off from one air traffic control system to another exactly and And, and of course but of course over the ocean the only thing they can do is satellites yeah and but that's not 100 percent coverage right now so 
uh, maybe we'll invest in that. Hopefully they'll find a black box. Hopefully technology will improve. And hopefully the fact that this is this big, loud mystery and all the news stories and it's getting lots and lots of coverage, it'll be a broader skeptical lesson for people in the bigger populace to say, well, there were all these wild theories about whatever, you know, that it was terrorism or there was aliens or whatever. It's probably something simple. And if indeed we do find the black box, then we'll probably find it. It may have been terrorism. Who knows? Yeah. But we'll know it was a simpler way, not people parachuting in from another plane or something like right. that. Right. I, I honestly, it's, uh, it's Air Force One. I don't yeah, know, I know something like I that. Know. It's gonna it's gonna come down to some sort of pilot error, mechanical f problem, fire, whatever. Because think about it: if a fire breaks out on a plane, that is catastrophic. It can be catastrophic. There's ways to deal with that. And one of the things that an actual 777 pilot said is they have air masks, standalone air masks in the pilot's yeah. cabin. That's the first thing you do is you put that on. So, and they're good ones, not like the stupid ones that they get in the back. Give, yeah, <laughs> they give us. Right, you know, choose your favorite child and put you and put them on <laughs> after you do yours, right? You know, they've got good ones that's going to keep the smoke out and allow them to see and, and take care of stuff. So fire that isn't necessarily catastrophic. Uh, but, but it's a serious fucking worry. Yeah, if, it's, if it's a fire that is like in the electrical system or whatever, that's going to be a much more. Oh, sure. Well, especially again with the flyby, all the, all the electronics, because they're all electronically controlled right. nowadays. So if you can't control your right wing, because of a fire, you have a problem. Yeah, but they do may, have redundant systems. And maybe the aliens decided to kick us back for Independence Day and just, they uploaded a virus. Could be. Could be. Did anybody blame the gays? Not so far, but I'm pretty sure. Huh. This has been probably going to be one of the first things in a while that has been blamed on the gays. Eh, it's not that big of a disaster. It's only people from Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> yeah, it's those brown people. Yeah. You're starting to sound like Gary there. <laughs> it's, oh, we're just saying what, why they're not. <laughs> if this had been an American flight, say, from well, New York to Paris. Yeah. Full of Boy Scouts and gymnasts and De nuns. This would be... That's right. And it's bad enough that CNN is like basically like day ten of the tragedy, you know, and and <laughs> you know, and every day it's five more things you need to know about flight three seven zero. Number one, we don't know anything else, <laughs> so but we're gonna talk about it for another hour because we got nothing, right? <laughs> Whereas now it's you know it's everybody's floating their conspiracy theories. If this had been an American plane, this would have been. On our TVs. All over the interwebs. All, it, yeah. it would have been a completely different... We, we, we'd already have at least three or four petitions to give money to, to find them on Facebook. <laughs> nope. I haven't seen a single one. Well, I, it's the other side of the world, so it's, yeah, it's distant. You need something at the level of the Indonesian earthquake tsunami right, to get exactly. people to care about it exactly. cynically. Well, it's interesting because like, you think about really big disasters like sometimes a couple of hundred people die in like earthquakes and stuff and so there's this big flood of money to help 
the situation. So you have the Dreamliner, which can carry about a thousand people, right? <laughs> so when that goes down, is that going to be as big as a disaster as, say, earthquake in California? <laughs> I, I, I Let's think... not talk about the earthquake in California because I've seen way too many people go, oh my God, it was an earthquake. And I'm like, obviously you people have never lived in California because <laughs> it's not even above a five. Californians yeah. don't even stop eating. They don't stop jogging. They don't wake up for anything <laughs> under a 5.0 earthquake. I concur. Although I did, I did like that news report where they got under the desk and... And it really pisses me off that people go, oh, they got in the desk. It's like, dude, they're in the studio. They have lights above them. Things yeah. could fall and hurt them. Yes. Speaking Please. of news reporters, did you see the Fox News one where they showed the dick on TV? I did not see that, but I saw the reactions of the uh, female. Not talking about one of the presenters being a dick? No. But they, an actual penis. I guess they were talking about Flight 370 or something. I'm not yeah. sure. But they basically they went on some one of the reporters' news feed or the producer's news feed, and there was a, like there was a picture, and he was like, "Yeah, here you go." And he started flipping through the pictures, and there was one of a big old guy and a big old hard dick. <laughs> and he just, Rule choo, number one choo. of someone using someone else's digital device, iPhone, iPad, whatever non Apple version you have. Just look at the picture you're given. Don't flip. <laughs> exactly. Going back a second to what you were saying about disasters and stuff, right. the image I had in my head of you're talking about, you know, people know to send money for earthquakes and whatever, but how are we going to react if a plane crashes, which might have more people in it? Right. Part of me thinks that people understand natural disaster, quote unquote, act of God, that people don't expect to happen. People don't know it's... Oh, it, uh, that's, that, that's that, a good point. It's and, not and anybody's there's, there's, fault. And there's a lot of infrastructure that's also destroyed. It's not just people's yeah. lives. So, Whereas yeah, with sense. a plane crash, it really sucks. And maybe local drives might spring up to help families of, oh, yeah, you know, Bobby, he was on that plane. Right. You know, let's raise some money at church to give to him or something like right. that. But, Let's make but, them but, a castle. But that is like someone's fault, and you can blame a corporation. Right, and who is get, insured. <laughs> and get subsidies that way or something like that's that. True. That's true. That's that's what I was thinking. And, and just the psychological thing of natural disasters that nobody can prevent, people are more likely to maybe give money in that situation versus a mechanical disaster or a terrorism disaster where so, someone brings down a plane not at a 9-11 level. Right. And maybe think, well, they'll just get angry and let's bomb another Middle Eastern country or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> As opposed to be like, oh, we got to have this big humanitarian drive. So there's okay, some, yeah. there's got to be some psychology going on there of why people would give for one disaster but not the other, even if more people die. Yeah, well, it's also, you know, that in a natural disaster, that's unexpected. And a plane going down is unexpected, but the people on the plane the risk yeah you bought the ticket you took it, the risk yeah it's like driving a car <laughs> you know, yeah exactly exactly they didn't yep. keep their hands inside at all times every day <laughs> we we are making those risk assessments and unfortunately <laughs> some people Kristen cavallari whatever her name is <laughs> has said that that's calamari yeah well, let's just call her Kristen calamari i'm 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 up for that <laughs> She has said that she has chosen not to vaccinate her children. She has a young son and apparently another son on the way because she's 
read the statistics and feeling she feels that they're making the best decision to not vaccinate because it's very scary statistics out there regarding what's in the vaccine and what they cause asthma, allergies, ear infections, all kinds of things. Wait a minute. It's not statistics what is in there or not. Yes, but that is what she okay. is quoted. Well there's, there's, well, there's percentages of things that are in there. Can we back up one second? Who is this Kristen Calabari? Calabari. Calamari? Whatever her chick. name is. There's Calamari here. Yeah, she's Cal- got eight arms and legs. <laughs> right. she? she is a former sort of reality star. She starred on The Hills. Okay. And apparently she's married to some football player. And not Jay the European, Cutler, the not European football, like <laughs> football, pigskin, tossing. American football. American. America. You know, where the foot is hardly used. So basically your ball. standard actor, actress who, who reads about more. Jenny McCarthy and says, okay, yeah, I'm going to be afraid of that too. Yeah. It's basically the Dunning-Kruger kind of thing. Yeah. She, th- she thinks she knows a lot. But in fact, she knows nothing. Knows, yes. Know. And that's our job. Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, she she has come out and said, the whole standard, it was a personal decision. We struggled with it. Da, 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 da. Most people who do not vaccinate are rich, white people. They're upper middle class. And, and that is where the core group now of anti-vax has mm-hmm. kind of settled. The scary thing is enough of them are doing it and enough of them are being loud about it that it's seeping into other populations as well, which is why we get measles outbreaks and stuff like that, because other people are hearing enough people like Jenny McCarthy talk about, I don't like vaccines, and she Jenny McCarthy did some Twitter thing where she was asking about who, what would you ask for in a mate? Perfect mate. Yeah. yeah. What would you ask for in a perfect mate? Hashtag, what is it? Oh, ask no, Jenny? No, it's what is the most important personality trait you look for in a mate? Uh, and okay. then it was like hashtag ask Jenny. Or Jenny something. asks. Jenny, Jenny asks. asks. And fortunately, it seems that a lot of people responding, well, yeah. believe in science and vaccinate their children kind of thing. Where it, as much as it's great that she got that response, it still makes this whole story of vaccines bad, vaccines autism, stay in the news enough that more and more people, besides the rich white annoying people from Portland or something, the Burning Man folks, I'm really heavy on Burning Man this week. It's kind of weird. Is that is are, that what Burning is that uh, is uh, taking care of kids? Is that like Burning Man? I thought there was more drugs involved. Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs> thinking the mindset, the crystals and dolphins kind of. Ooh, man, oh. Burning Man, it's all cool. That kind of thing. Um, anyway, that enough of that stays in the news that more people hear about it and less people vaccinate because they think, well, if these other people aren't doing it and they've done the research, quote unquote, then maybe sure. I shouldn't as well. Uh, well although it, it was really telling that Jenny McCarthy eventually tweeted, quote, Thank you to all the haters who tweet my name. You make my Q score higher and higher. It's because of you I continue to work. Thank you. Smiley face, end quote. What does this have to do with John Delancey? He played Q on Star oh. Trek. Uh, no, apparently the Q score is a familiarity measurement for TV, yep. uh, for celebrities. So well, basically all she cares about is 
uh, how popular she is, which is no shock. I'm sure Charles Manson has one hell of a Q score, but that's not something to be no, desired. There's, has, there's also the, appeal involved. <laughs> right. The Q score is also how, for networks, they decide pay scales by Q scores. There's a lot of... Your Q score, it, in Hollywood terms, this is like a credit score. Okay. The better, the higher your number is, the more shit you ask for in your writer, the more pay you're going to get. There's a lot of things that go into... Which is how she got her own damn show. So this may be something along the lines of, okay, Mel Gibson was a huge star, but all the stuff in the news about him being anti-Semitic and being pulled over for drunk... Him basically put him back in the news again, which probably made his Q score go up. It's it's a similar There's kind of no situation. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly. Because yeah, people forget it. That's a shorter and more succinct and intelligent way of saying what I took right, and, three yeah. minutes to say. Yeah. And she, like I said, she is raising her Q score, excuse me, on the backs of dead kids. Yeah. So way to go, Jenny! <laughs> Woo! Congratulations! And this bitch. other what, calamari and, and person. And I, I know that we've discussed this before, but so she hawks botulism in East eggs, yet won't vaccinate. Botulism safe. No one dies from botulism if it's injected into the face. Yeah. So sure. That's sarcasm, died. by the way, folks. Don't inject botulism into your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, or any other body part for that matter. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Let me be clear on that. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure our listeners aren't planning on doing that. But <laughs> just, oh come on, we have hundreds and hundreds of listeners. Statistically, there must be someone out there who's listening to this podcast right at the moment they're about to inject their face with botulism, and we made the difference by stopping them. Yep. Sorry, sorry, you're out a couple hundred dollars, but you look, you look, you look fine. You look great. Yes. Yeah, I just I don't get these like Botox parties. There are people what? that get together and they will like have the dermatologist come to their house and they'll all get Botox together. I have a question. If they're all getting Botox, which I assume is mostly in their face, how do they know they're having a good time and that it's a party? If their face is all like this, it becomes, it becomes and they're a not very smiling. Verbal, verbal party. It comes okay. very loud. But I'm also thinking it's sort of like the planet in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy who who were psychic. And so they were cursed because they were so peaceful and happy that they were cursed to um, read everybody's thoughts. And so to overwhelm their psychic abilities, they had to talk a lot. And so it became a very loud, annoying uh, planet. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking, the Botox parties. Instead of being a nice, <laughs> quiet you know, chit-chatty, suddenly everybody has to talk about how great they're feeling because they can't show it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> you look nonplussed there, Donna. I, <laughs> but, you know, it's not just stars in Hollywood who are doing the anti-vaccinations. The, what is it? The Chilliwack or Chilliwack? Or... It's a pastor in Chilliwack, which I think is somewhere in near Vancouver. Or... I was going to say I'm near Alaska. It sounds very... I thought it was British. Uh, no, it's Chilliwack's Canadian Reformed Church. Yeah, It's in, it's in Canadian land. Canadian land? Yes. Do they speak Canadian? Yes. Can can Canada-ish. 
Yeah, so the, there's a pastor in Chilliwack of the, what I, I say, the first uh, Chilliwack's Canadian Reformed Church, which amuses me for some reason. <laughs> he has 1,200 people in, uh, in his, he has 1,200 strong Reformed congregation. And he says that vaccinations interfere with God's care, which basically he's saying that God's care means that you get measles, polio, the mumps, and chicken pox, and other assorted diseases. Whatever and was God's plan. For whatever you. God's plan was, exactly. Uh, which is, of course, ineffable and mysterious and wayish. Right. Mysterially. <laughs> So yeah, so so what we're saying is is that anti-vaccination wackadoodleness is not just relegated to the rich and the famous. It's also relegated to out in the middle of nowhere mega churches. So well, twelve hundred people, I guess, is a pretty we pretty had strong congregation. Problem like yeah. that in Texas, where there was a was it a yeah, measles up, outbreak up in Dallas? Yeah, up in the Dallas area, where they were saying, you know, no, don't get your vaccines because it's I don't know, the devil's work and it's right. not part of God's plan or it's it's going to – and it wasn't just like the HPV vaccine, which leads to girls having sex or anything like that. It was the yeah, MMR and flu you know vaccine what? and all that kind of thing. Half the people that are like, oh, look, the HPV Gardasil is going to lead to people having sex. They're the ones that most likely need it if it's going to lead to sex. Well – there are a lot of adults who already have it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that yeah. if this is the natural evolution of the HPV vaccine is people go out and have sex, then God damn it, they all need it. Because <laughs> they're way too obsessed with everybody else's sex life. Maybe they should be paying a little bit more attention to their own. I should revise what I said. Reverend Adrian Guise Gesundheit. is... The leader of the Reformed Congregation of North, Amer of North America in Chilliwack. And he's the one that's against the care. There's another pastor, Reverend Abel Pohl, who has a 400-member church of the Canadian Reformed Church. And he is actually pro-vaccination. So it seems within the Chilliwack Reformed Canadian Church community, there is <laughs> dissent and disagreement about what God's word is in regards to vaccination. Sort of like the Westboro Baptists. Very much. So we're gonna, full circle, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be seeing the Chilliwack Reformed Church, the Chilliwack Orthodox Church, the Chilliwack First Church of Chilliwack. Right. The Reformed but, Reformed right. Chilliwack. But, yeah. but uh, Reverend Paul does have a point. He says, why stop at refusing vaccinations? To be consistent, you would have to refuse all medical help if you're saying that you're you avoiding God's help. You just to help. get help. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they're basically going down a very fundamentalist. I thought they only... the Watchtower people. Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness type of path is what it sounds like. I thought they only wanted to pray the gay away. <laughs> Who? Jehovah's Witnesses? No, in general. It's the only time you really hear them pray. It's just pray the gay away, not pray disease away. It's always well, pray the gay. Well, that's why we have all those faith healing parent-child deaths. Because people think, well, if you pray, you, if you pray enough, you will move mountains. And it's that kind of magical thinking which but leads see, people to think that... But see, that's the thing. It that... says you can move mountains. It doesn't say that you can get better. 
there's other... I mean, if, you, if you're going to take it literally, there's no point where praying gets rid of your disease. But, no, it's it's that... I could be wrong about that. Jesus does probably said a whole bunch of things about if you pray hard enough, you will be cured well, of yeah, your ills. Yeah, exactly. You could find something in the Bible to say that. This is true. I know you can... Um, it's got, what, 40, 50 pages? Come on. Somewhere least, in there. Yeah, in yeah. small print, too. Yeah, some of it red. <laughs> some of it red. When God speaks. That's because it's thread with the blood of the people he's killed. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, it's when Jesus speaks. I don't think God gets red. <laughs> hmm. Doesn't matter. He gets fuchsia. He gets fuchsia. Anyway, so um, avoid the, the Chilliwackians, because they're wacky, apparently. Or at least the, the ones in the Reformed Church. Is that what we learned this week, Gary? That could be, well, what we have learned this week. So, yeah, what what did we learn? Well, we learned that uh, Kevin Trudeau is going down. Yeah. Um, I'm not and really he's certain. about to be somebody's bitch. Could be. Could be. But, you know, he doesn't really want you to know. <laughs> so It'll probably be like a minimum it. security, not quite as rapey prison, I'm probably guessing. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's it. a white-collar white crime. Yeah. It, it's not like he was killing any – well, he wasn't directly killing anybody. So yeah, it's, he, it's he, a minimum Yeah, security. he's going to be pulling a, a – what's her name? Um, Martha the, Stewart. Yeah, he's going to be, you know, knitting shawls in her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then uh, we learned that um, the Westboro Baptist Church is having uh, internal problems, although they don't want to talk about it either. And, of course, uh, Fred Phelps uh, looks to be on his way out and has been executed. As are we all. Yeah. Then we learned that the Malaysian plane is not to be found anywhere yet. And, you know, these aren't very silly, but that's fine. Not, no, not so much. No. But maybe by the time people hear this episode, it might have been played and then uh, found. Maybe it'll be found and they'll look at me and laugh and laugh and laugh at the ignorance I'm, I'm, I'm saying. All of us, I'm yes. projecting, yes. And we learned that vaccines are still good for you, but a lot of people are stupid about them. Uninformed people who exactly. think they're informed. And, and real quick, we're hoping that none of you are using homeopathy or alternative medical treatments, unless, of course, they're working. Then it would be called medicine. Exactly. <laughs> but there was a short report out in the Times of India, indiatimes.com, saying that mixing Ayurvedic, Unani, and homeopathy can be fatal. So don't be mixing your treatments. And if you're going to a doctor, make sure your doctor knows Everything you're taking, and that includes all of your herbal medicines and stuff, because it appears, at least overseas, that a lot of the patients who are taking this alternative medicine, the Ayurvedic or Nani or homeopathic stuff, are developing chronic kidney disease because they are... Maybe got pills with heavy metals in them or something. Or... Yeah, for, yeah. First of all, you don't know what's in them, but a lot of these are laced with aristolochic acid. Uh, a lot of the herbal medicines can contain this acid, which they're saying is a powerful neurotoxin and human carcinogen that's made from plants. It's so, all so it's all natural. natural. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's causing kidney failure and upper urinary tract cancer. So uh, he cautioned against, uh, so Dr. Prasad, who is 
an actual kidney specialist. He's a nephrologist? <laughs> yes, he is. He's a qualified nephrologist. He's cautioning against Chinese slimming tea brands and other stuff. So, so avoid things that are aristolochic acid containing. Sounds maybe good. Containing aristolochic acid. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and get vaccinated. And if you haven't had your boosters, get your boosters because uh, it's important too. And apparently, according to Gary, you're supposed to send us 10 bucks a year here at the Skeptic Wire. That's right. Tell 10 friends and then tell them to send us $10. After you've left feedback on our iTunes. And yes. iTunes <laughs> and FeedBurner and... and Facebook and all that stuff. I always forget to say that. I know it's in the in the closing, but apparently it helps to say, uh, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Well, the reviews on iTunes, the more recent they are, the more people are likely to find our show just by searching. And we don't do advertising, despite 150 episodes worth of AdamandEve.com jokes. <laughs> we don't sponsor, have a sponsor. We don't do advertising. It's just your word of mouth. Yeah. So, so I know ho that hopefully we're not like a, uh, a mystery habit or one of those, <laughs> the, one of those uh, guilty guilty pleasures you know you listen to us because you hate yep. us so if you hate us that much tell your friends <laughs> and if you like us tell your friends because you know and if you just find us ho-hum tell your friends yeah i was hoping we were more of a guilty pleasure like chocolate or something like okay yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> or in Greg's case, the heroin uh, that he's going to have. <laughs> what? He goes, oh. I turned down your fucking scotch and you think I'm going to start with heroin? <laughs> well, well, you know, chocolate is a gateway drug. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> to chocolate sundaes or brownies or something. Oh, but... I'm sorry. No, I meant oh. herons. I thought you were, you said you were having bird when you go home. I, thought, I just presumed it was some waiting bird. I don't know. I'm just making this shit up. What like, oh. the fuck? <laughs> I don't yeah, even but... know what the reference was. There is no reference. I'm, I'm just. He's just being me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so second thought, people, don't leave any reviews on iTunes about this episode. <laughs> Holy shit! You can just cut that out. <laughs> I won't be mad. <laughs> All right, so thank you for joining us this week. Uh, thank you, Donna and Greg, for traveling all the way from the west side of San Antonio to the east side of San Antonio. Thank, thank you, Greg and Gary. And thank you, Gary, I think, for hosting us, although you might already be hosted. So. <laughs> yes, I'm well hosted right now. Woo. Thank you, Donna and Gary. And apparently, Gary, we are just figments of your imagination. Yeah. Mm. Who are you? What? <laughs> Dancing I, I, we're, we're your conscience <laughs> We're your conscience I'm your conscience <laughs> he, He's the good side I'm the one that's going Fuck her Fuck her Fuck her hard <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa Okay wait a minute <laughs> No that's from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Oh uh, there's there's the good Jay the right. Good Jay And he's all like Oh no da, da. And the devil is like Fuck her Just Fuck and goes and beats up the angel. <laughs> okay, gotcha. It's been a while. Jay and Silent Bob fight, strike back, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, so we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye. 
The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. So if we could get 10,000 listeners who give us $10 a year, that'd be great. Callie is telling us where to take that idea. I don't know. I think she buried something. uh, Maybe the dead bodies. I don't know what I've been doing for the last two weeks. What? Hi. <laughs> well, I think I've had visitors, but I don't remember them leaving. <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, maybe this jail term for Trudeau might be.